That's right. I brought the super soaker because today is the day. Did he say shoot Jenny Whitehead with it? Or is that a motion? Call a quick church meeting. Do I have a second? All in favor, say aye. None opposed. Tonight, 6 o'clock, right out here. Today on the church calendar, it is Super Soaker Sunday, Sunday. It's going to be like 95 degrees. Over in the shade is the dry zone. Some people cheated on that last year. I'm not going to call Matt Warren's name. <laughs> Just remember, I'm like the Lord. I keep a record of all. Never mind. <clears throat> that is the dry zone. There will be kiddie pools for the little kids over in the dry zone, okay? But out in that big field, we're going to have barrels of water. So bring your own super soaker. And it's going to be going on. So you can't say it's too cold. That water's going to be cold. I'm going to tell you what, but it's going to feel good. Underneath the portico is going to be a whole bunch of ice cream. I understand there's some churns of homemade ice cream being made today as well. We'll have all the ice cream, toppings, water, and lemonade for you. So we want you to come hang out with your faith family. Let's have a good time and get busted by Pastor Tim Super Soaker. <laughs> All right, I want you to go ahead and get your smart device out. Uh, would you pull me up to the next slide, please, ma'am? Here's our hashtag today, y'all, reconciled. Mm. All right, so I'm, I'm about to share this video. Thank you, Mr. Cameron, for getting us going. And I'm about to share the video, and I'm going to put hashtag reconciled, because you know what? I'm going to talk so much about Jesus today, I couldn't sleep all last night. I think I got about one hour of sleep. I hadn't had coffee. So I'm running on empty, but I'm running on pure excitement because I am excited to talk about Jesus today and this topic from the Word of yes. God. Yes. Yes. If you love Jesus today, would you put your hands together and give him a big old shout? All right, so you know what, Facebook, that's free advertisement, y'all, but we want to get the video out into people's lives, homes. I want people to receive this truth about Jesus, especially if I get to one point today when Jesus went down and he preached to the demons for three days. What do you think he preached on? Who he is to us. Can you imagine Jesus preaching about your salvation? Could you imagine the very devils that have fought you and tried to keep you back, tried to beat you and defeat you, and Jesus pointed his finger at them and said, I will be these people's victory. Come on, y'all. That, that excites me right there. If we get there today, if we get there today, all right? If you haven't seen on social media on our church Facebook page, congratulations. This 2.1 acres back here behind us, we are under contract to buy. That big old field out there from the road all the way back through the first tree line to the second tree line, we're gonna own that in a few weeks. 
And I got to thinking, that's a nice size area for us to build our first building out here and use it for a youth facility and get the youth from down on Lees Mill Road out here to the main campus. Can you believe that with me? Yes, sir. Now, also, I need to do this right quick. I'm, I'm about to get out of your way, Pastor Faye. All right? We had a youth revival here this week. How many of y'all came to any of it or watched any of it? Come on, y'all. Was that potent or what? So I want to thank everybody that was involved, all the NHM folks, Northview Harvest Ministries. I got a T-shirt on today. Have y'all seen the back of it? Yeah. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> All the NHM folks who stepped up, Pastor Michael and uh, some other youth pastors in the area, they got other youth leaders, church leaders, wasn't just youth pastors. They got together and uh, they, they put this thing together. Thank you for spearheading this with this, with them and representing Northview. Uh, Wednesday night, James Earl, where you at, man? Bro. My dude. My dude kicked us off, John 15. If you abide in me and I abide in you. Woo. And then he had a motorcycle brought in, and he said, Jesus is asking you if you want to abide, but most people just want to ride. I ain't got over that. I don't want to just ride with God to his blessings. I want to abide with God in his heart. Somebody give him a praise today. That was good. Then Zachary Barnes came in, Jason Cook came in, and those fellas hit home runs, man. Great worship. I want to say thanks to everybody who helped lead in the worship. Uh, different churches did different nights. Our youth stepped up, man. Wow. And yesterday, go back and watch the video. We had a panel of, uh, what, six people up here and, and the youth had written down some questions and everybody just took turns answering them. But then after that, I had to go to the hospital, y'all, uh, before visiting hours were over. But you guys, I went back and watched the video. Y'all had this whole area up here full of y'all just leading and worship. Y'all rock. I love y'all. If you love the youth, let them know you love them today. So thank you. Miss Mandy says she can't talk today. She's been singing. They've been practicing. And, and all you guys that came out and practiced with them, y'all rock. And all you guys that helped lead during the week, y'all rock. Y'all just rock. God is good, isn't he? We had a bunch of churches participate, man. It was amazing. And uh, we even had another thing. Miss Courtney, look, we had another thing. Didn't we, Miss Courtney? You ready to help me out of here? We have a short video it wasn't just about the youth. We had some chronologically mature folk getting involved. No, 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 Charles, come up here, brother. <laughs> Go ahead, Miss Courtney, whenever you're ready. Look at Cameron. Cameron's like, what's he doing? <laughs> Y'all give Charles some love today. All right, 
so you can say, Pastor Tim, why in the world are you going to show that right before we start service? You know why? Uh, because Proverbs tells us this in chapter 17, verse 22. It says, a merry heart does good yes. like a medicine. Yes. So if you two starts and you don't want to laugh or you can't laugh, you might be in the wrong place today. Okay, because we're going to let healing flow through the anointing and through laughter. God is good. I love him. He loves me. My name is written in heaven. And Jesus told me that's all I need to know. And I can rejoice with that. Y'all give him some love. his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Amen. I think we got a little bit more worship left in us this morning. Amen. Some of us have been worshiping all week, but let's go a little harder this morning. Come on. We're going to sing this out. Mercy triumphs when the third day dawns. 
And darkness was denied when the stone was gone. Oh, unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on. Impossible things in your name, they shall be done. Unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on. Things in your name, they shall be done. You're unstoppable. We declare. Come on, you know it. Let's sing this out. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Let your glory go on and on. Impossible things in your name, they shall be done. Unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on. Impossible things in your name, they shall be done. Come on, church. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, again, I say, rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Come on, church. Let's remember who our God is this morning. Amen. Yes, Lord. Remember those walls that we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we call death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way, but he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. 
This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so weak that we could barely pray. But he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the wilderness Tell the story of his faithfulness Never once did he fail And he never will This is our God This is who he is He loves us This is our God This is what he does he saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. And who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. Who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. Who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Him. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our God, King Jesus He bore the cross, beat the grave Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our God, King Jesus Oh, this is our God I'll give him glory. I'll give him praise. This is our God, mighty to save. Oh, hallelujah. We shout our praises to the King. He is worthy, 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 Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Yes, you are. We give you all the praise. All the praise, Lord, you're worthy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Bless your name, Lord. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love, my comfort, my comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Oh, come on, all over this place, let's shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing, power and majesty, praise to the Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares. To the promise I have in you. Come on, let's sing to our Savior this morning. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to pray. Of your mighty love, my comfort, my comfort, my shelter, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all I am, and all that I am, oh, never, never cease to worship. Shout, oh, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains.
mountains bow down and the sea will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the Congregation, you sing out, my comfort. with all creation this morning.
Can we lift our hands in his presence and thank him for his voice as we worship him this morning. Truly you are holy, Lord. Truly you are worthy of our praise. For you created it all and everything bows before you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, and this day we make the choice to lift our praise. And we lift our eyes above the circumstances that surround. We lift our eyes unto the skies, and we find our hope in you, Lord, the Holy, Holy, Holy One, the Worthy, Worthy, Worthy Son. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's worthy of our praise. He's so worthy, worthy, Lord.
Right now. 
Right now. 
So God, I speak freedom over this place today. I speak against generational curses. I speak against word curses. I speak against addictions and bondages and sickness and disease. I speak against deceitfulness. The spirit of deceit, we speak against that. We say, light shine in the darkness. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are holy. And only through you can we be set free. So I speak freedom over this room today. And I say, break in the name of Jesus. Whatever's holding you back, break in the name of Jesus. Say it with me. Break in the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you that it is broken. We believe that there are people in this room who will go forward today. They won't go back anymore from those addictions and those chains and those bondages. No matter what it is that is trying to hold them back, I speak freedom to you in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom to you in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone in here today that you have been feeling Holy Spirit tug on your heart and you're not saved, I just feel like this is the time to give you the opportunity. If you haven't already come up this morning, these altars are always open to you. If you haven't come up, I'm giving you the opportunity right now just to come and let Jesus invade you. We're not talking about a religion. We're not talking about a set rules of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about relationship and total freedom. So if you feel Holy Spirit tugging and you're nervous, you don't know what to do. I've I've seen so many tears while I've been standing up here. And I know God is moving on people's hearts. So we're just going to give you a minute. We're just going to give you a minute to come forward. There are people up here who will pray with you. If you want freedom, come forward. His love and mercy waits for you. He is full of grace, full of love. He is set free. Love is set free. God, we thank you that we know you're working on hearts and we know that you will continue to work on hearts because that's what you do because you love your creation. You want them to become your children. We're not all your children until we receive you. So God, you're calling, you're calling them back to you, your creation, the ones that you made in your image. So God, I pray that you continue to tug on their hearts today. Continue to draw them as the kindness of God that leads us to salvation. Continue to send people to them throughout the day and throughout their week and throughout the month to draw them to you, to your heart. And God, I just speak over every one of these prayer requests that we have today. God, there are so many needs. And God, we know we've already said that you're the God that heals and delivers and sets free. You're the one. You're the bondage breaker. And so God, we thank you for your healing power over each one of these names listed on this prayer shield and this prayer list. Because, God, we know that you already know. You know before we ask, but you say to ask. And so we're asking you, God, to heal, to totally, completely heal the people on this list, God. To free from bondage those who are in bondage, God. 
We thank you for healthy pregnancies and for our missionaries and for all the ministries that have come out of Northview Harvest Ministry. God, be with them, cover them, keep them, provide every need that they have. And over these people today, God, we thank you that you have met us. We brought you in. If we're Christians, we brought the Holy Spirit with us. But God, you have manifested yourself in this place today. And we are so grateful for your presence. Because you can do more in a second than we could do talking and talking for years. And so God, we thank you for meeting us today. We thank you that you said where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus, that you would be in the midst of us. And you have been in the midst of us and you are in the midst of us. So God, we thank you for the rest of this service and what you're gonna do the rest of this day. We just praise you and we honor you and let's give him another praise before we receive it. Thank you, God, we praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, God, you're worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, you are holy, you are other. And we praise your name today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, you may be seated. It's so good to see all of you today. What a privilege and an honor it is for us to be here with you on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And we just wanna say thank you for coming to our faith family. Let's give our online congregation a big hand for joining us this morning, yes. We wanna give a special welcome to any first time attenders this morning. If this is your first time with us, we are so honored and thankful that you're here. If you'll look in your bulletin, if you don't have one, somebody can get you one. There's a form that says first time here, and it just tears right off, and you'll fill that out. And as you leave today, as you go out these doors to the right, there's a welcome center. And there will be a team there, a care ministries team there to greet you, to take your form, to give you a gift back, and to pray with you if you need prayer. If you have any questions about the ministry, they can help you with that. So if you brought somebody with you today, North, you take them out to the Welcome Center and let them take advantage of these beautiful gifts and the care ministry team there. So as you know, we've got lots going on. Please make sure that you read this bulletin. Make sure so that you know what's going on at, um, at uh, Northview. Today we do have our Super Soaker Sunday Sunday. We're going to have a great time. We had a great time last year. It starts at 6. Now I'm going to ask you something, okay? This is a church event. So I'm going to ask that you cover up, okay? Men, no shirtless. We don't want your chest everywhere. Ladies, if you, you know, when you wear your t-shirts and your shorts, make sure that it's not see-through when it gets wet, okay? You know what? When you go to the beach with your family, you do what you want to do, Right? But when you're here at the house of the Lord, we're going to honor the house of the Lord and honor each other, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. We also, in the back hallway, we are redecorating our children's ministries. We've had painting going on back there, and that's been done. It looks really great. Thank you, Pastor Carlos, for doing that. Um, that looks really great back there. So we've taken down all of the framed art in the hallways and in the classrooms. So everything is in the hallways back here. So if you are interested, we are going to be taking donations for these things because we are going to be putting the money back in to get new decor for the hallways and so forth. So we're going to be putting collages of the kids' pictures and their events. We're going to be putting scripture back there. It's going to be looking really great. So if you're interested in looking at that and giving a donation, you may see Miss Wanda, Wanda, raise your hand, or you may see me. Don't just take it, okay? It's not that we don't trust you, but we need to know what's coming and going back there, okay? And um, when you, if you want it and you don't have the money for it, we can hold it for you for a little bit. 
it, but we need you to go ahead and make your donation as soon as possible, okay? So there's some beautiful, beautiful art back there, and um, I, I know there's somebody in here who could use it, use it in your home or give it as a gift. So take advantage of looking at that today. All right, it's time to give to the Lord this morning. I'm excited to give. What about you? Yeah, so if you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward now, and if you raise your hand, they will get you one. I see a few hands up toward the back. We want to say thank you so much for all your giving. We know that lots of you give online. And if you'll notice the screen, it will tell you the ways to give. It's very convenient. And we thank you so much for that. We know that this is the day and age we're in, right? We also give you a chance, if you're going to give today, to come forward and present your offerings to the Lord. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And as we were um, down here worshiping, I just felt this thing come to me. And I thought, let me share this with the people. You know, when you give, there's a spiritual transaction that takes place. God knows what you need. He knows where you are. He commands us to give so we don't give to get back. But he tells us we will. He tells us if you sow, you reap. Right? And we give because God is a giver. And when we become saved, we want to naturally give because he's in us. Right? And so I was sitting there thinking, you know, when we give, when that money leaves our hand, when it goes in that bag or that basket, it's, it's, it's not up to us anymore. God uses it for what he wants to use it for. Yes, it goes to the facilities and those kind of things, but God can turn that seed, it's a seed, into whatever your need is. You know what? You might think you need a million dollars. All of us probably think we do. It'd be nice. But that might not be what you need. What you might need is some peace and some joy and a child to come back into the fold. And a healing in your body. Amen? So I just want to encourage you, as you give today, give expecting. Not, oh, I'm going to give this and God's going to immediately give it back. Because we don't know when that's going to happen. Sometimes you do get it immediately back. Sometimes he just blesses you surprisingly. And sometimes it's that consistent, consistent, most of the time, it's that consistent giving and obeying God that continually unlocks those things in your life. Amen? So we're going to ask you to stand if you're um, prepared to give in-house. If you're not, you can stand anyway. Our praise team is going to play for us, and we're going to worship as we give. So come forward and give to the Lord. Children's Church, Children's Church, Children's Church. You can be dismissed to Children's Church.
Anybody grateful to the Lord for his provision today? Yes. He is faithful. He is good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Not I might not. Not once in a while. I shall not be in want. I shall not want. Holy Father, we acknowledge you today as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. God, we don't care what Wall Street says. I don't care what Fox News or CNN or CBS or whoever else, whatever they say about recession. I declare the kingdom, and it's all about progression. Hallelujah. And one day, a big procession of a marriage, of a wedding, when Jesus is going to present his church, a bride, full of glory. Not some little broke, busted up, scared, timid, disheveled woman, but a glorious church. So, Lord, we pray your kingdom to come and your will to be done in us, in this ministry, and what you're doing here. We humble ourselves before you. And we ask you for nothing more, nothing less than what you said, what you promised in your word today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's make our confessions over our offering today. I've already got a message this morning. Somebody got a promotion and a pay raise. And uh, yes. Job 22, 28, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Proverbs uh, 21, 18, 18, 21. Uh, death and life from the power of the tongue. Amen. We believe that. So let's make this confession over our offering today. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, go ahead and give him a praise on that. And we follow suit with the seed of faith that was deposited into us by our spiritual father, Kenneth Please, and we declare there is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Let's make our faith confession. We are sword drawn. Word ready. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything not somehow, but now high five three people. Tell them there's some good stuff happening in people's lives today. There's some good stuff happening in people's lives today. 
Good morning. I think when I was up here earlier, I had so much I needed to get done on my, my hit list that I forgot to tell y'all good morning. So if I didn't, I apologize. Good morning. But I know I did not do this. I did not tell our online congregation good morning. And y'all are not... Y'all are not online spectators. You are not an online audience. We're not putting on a show nor a program. You are part of the online congregation. So I fully expect when you're watching online, if you're home or if you're not feeling well or if you're traveling or if you're out of town on work, I fully expect you to be doing in your vehicle or your car or your hotel room or hospital room, whatever we're doing in this room. And I expect you to be having the same results there that we're having in here. Amen. Amen. So welcome online congregation. And with you folks in the house here, would you put your hands together and welcome the online congregation joining us today. And please, if you're watching, go ahead and jot a comment in there so we can see who, who is with us today. I want to I do something for a little bit. We should be out by three, so we'll be good. Yes. Keith Thompson's been out of town on vacation, been eating Vienna sausages and all that stuff all week, so pork lips, pig lips, and all that stuff. I don't know what the rest of the family ate on vacation, but he said he's fed up. He's ready to go. He's, hung, he's not going to be hungry for a while, so welcome back home, y'all. And the rest of y'all that have been out on vacation, we're glad you've been having traveling mercies. And, and uh, we pray to God that God bless you and that your strength is being renewed. And me and Miss Kim, on the 21st through the 31st, we're hitting vacation for 10 days. Much needed. Looking forward to it, spending some time with some of our family in the mountains, and we're just going to relax and uh, come back supercharged. But I'm charged today, so get ready, all right? If you'll note my uh, thing up here, I want to do some expository preaching to you, and I wanted to explain what that is. And if anybody remembers about three weeks ago, I made this comment while preaching, one of the greatest epidemics we have in America spiritually is biblical illiteracy because most I'm on, I'm on look I'm going to say some stuff that's going to be kind of hard to swallow but please bear with me and hear my heart I'm not saying this to be bigoted nor prideful I'm saying it out of all humility most Christians in America and I hope nobody listening to me would fall into this category but I know how America is most Christians in America, the only or the majority of the Bible they get is when they go to church on Sunday morning. They don't stop, take time to feed themselves spiritually during the week, which is a tragedy. And I know we've heard the cliche, it would be detrimental to your health and your well-being Physically, if you ate on Sunday morning and didn't eat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and just ate again on, on maybe a quick nibble or a chocolate-covered cherry along during the week, that's like listening to Christian music. It's a sweet thing. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be real, real good for you as far as spiritual nutrients are concerned. Am I making sense on that? So one of the things that, that I've been asking the Lord, what can I do to be a part of the solution to that? 
and to be sure that the good folks of Northview Harvest Ministries and the folks that uh, are a part of the distance online congregation with us, what can I do with that? What can I do to help this problem? And so I felt the Lord just the last few weeks, we've gone through Hebrews. We spent two services in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 7. Jesus said, it's written of me in the volume of the book. And I want you to know everything we look at today, I want you to keep that in mind. Everything in the book is about Jesus. Say that after me, would you? Everything in the book, in the book is about Jesus. Can we say it one more time? Everything in the book, in the book is about Jesus. Jesus. Now, how many of y'all are doing the Right Now Media? Right Now Media online. The, we paid for it. Uh, Miss Wanda, where you at? We might need to put that in the bulletin another week. If you hadn't gotten that, I'm going to go through the list and see who hadn't gotten it. I'm going to get my black midnight black ninja outfit. And I'm going to put it on. I'm going to buy Pastor Michael one. And we're going to come by your house about 3 a.m. and ask you why you hadn't signed up for that. Because we paid for it. And it's like a Christian discipleship Netflix, y'all. It's totally free. All you got to do is just sign up. It's got so many videos on there teaching. I started listening to Sam Chan uh, teaching on a series that he has got on there going through the Gospel of Mark. And he starts out. He's in the Jordan River about waist deep. And he says this line, something like this. He says, one of the greatest tragedies of Christianity is when Christians get too familiar with Jesus. And we take him for granted. God forbid that we ever do that. So I want to tell you, me, I, I am in a thing that I am immersing myself in the word of God. And Jesus, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Jesus is more real to me today than he's ever been in my life. And I am just stoked about it. I love Jesus. He's amazing. And I want to see everybody get the same type of passion about Jesus and even more so than I've got. Because you know what? He's our healer. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our provider. He's your shepherd. He will fight for you. Amen. He's your lamb that took away your sins. He is your lion that will get behind you and growl. How many, come on, how many of y'all remember Lion King when a little Simba and little Nala in the elephant graveyard and the hyenas are chasing them and, and they get, get them back, get the two little lion cubs back in the corner and the, the hyenas, they're about to pounce and little Simba goes, Row! And the hyenas, they stop and they laugh at him. And they're like, do it again. And about this time, he opens his mouth, but it's not a little, coming out of a little cub's mouth. It's a, because what happened is Mufasa, the father came up behind him. And I want to tell you, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah. And every time, y'all better hear me today, every time the enemy thinks he's got your marriage on the rocks or got your finances on the rocks or your mental well-being or your spiritual well-being or, or whatever you want to put on your physical well-being, every time he thinks he's about got you back in a corner and he's about to pounce. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, let me tell you something. Fake lions always get afraid of a real lion. Y'all better give the Lord some praise up in this house. 
So anyway, I'm going to do some expository preaching, and I want to explain this to you what it is. Uh, John Stott, in his book, Between Two Worlds, says this. Exposition refers to the content of the sermon that is biblical truth rather than its style, a running commentary. Exposition or expository preaching literally means to expound the scripture is to bring out the text, out of the text, what is there and expose it to view. The expositor opens what appears to be closed, makes plain what is obscure, unravels what is knotted, and unfolds what is tightly packed. Basically, folks, expository preaching is going word by word, verse by verse, and when you get to something that needs explanation, you take the Bible and let the Bible interpret what is being said there. That's missing in America today. In fact, I guarantee you, and I'm not, not I love topical preaching. Y'all know I do it a lot. That's when you take a, a topic or, or a, a something and, and then you take the Bible and you confirm and affirm that topic and the Holy Spirit uses that. But folks, I'm telling you that, listen, hear me well, please. That does not grow deep roots in understanding the word of God. And if we're ever in a day and a time in American culture and American history, governmentally, socially, ethically, judicially, and above all spiritually, that we need to have some deep roots in America, spiritually from the word of God, it is this day right here. Amen? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you on a little run. Here we go. Boom. What time is it? I've been talking for two minutes. I'm good. We got this. All right. How did this show up right here? Oh, that showed up good, didn't it? Reconciled. That's our hashtag today, y'all. Reconciled. And I don't know how far I'm going to get in this. Actually, uh, these one, two, three, four, five verses I already got a three-part message coming out of this. That's how deep it's going to get, okay? First of all, let's look at this. Read it with me. Would you read it out loud? For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, I want you to look back through that right quick, just skim through it, and I need you to count how many times you see the words he, him, himself, or his. Somebody just read through it right quick. Just how many fast readers have I got? I'm not a fast reader. How many times? 
Oh, my wife's a quicker boy. She's a quickie. She can she can read some books, boy. It'll take me like a week to read a book. She'll bring. She'll say, "Let me read it first. She'll bring it to me in a day and a half. She's done with it." All right, how many you got there, baby? Seven. There are eight. Eight. Eight times you will find his, him, he, and himself. Eight times. Y'all to see that? That's four verses, isn't it? So an average of two times per verse, average two times per verse, you see this thing, Paul is pointing us to who? Jesus, him. This is who he's talking about here. Look at your neighbor and say, it is all about Jesus. Everything's got to be about Jesus, and I'm going to tell you right now, the number one trick of the adversary with any attacks of fear or depression or insecurity or doubt, listen, distractions, sometimes the devil will bless your socks off and get your, your focus off of Jesus. Come on, we don't have to all be bad stuff that the enemy comes at you with. Sometimes he'll give you a promotion and more money and your lifestyle becomes more important than your faith style. So, listen, the enemy of your soul, the kingdom of darkness, their whole, their whole kit and caboodle is we got to get those folks from focusing on Jesus so much. Now, if that's their thing, they want to keep us from focusing on Jesus, then our resolution needs to be this, I'm going to focus on Jesus like never before. So when I read through the book and I read through the Bible and I read through verses, I want to find Jesus and I want to see how the Holy Spirit is representing and revealing Jesus to me. And so I'm assuming in these four verses there's going to be a whole lot of revelation coming if he's been mentioned personally on an average two times per verse. How many of y'all would agree with that? So tell you what we're going to do. Let's talk about this. Everybody shout reconciled. All right, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Let's look at this first part here. Let me back up here just a second. Uh, that first verse right there, first part of that first verse. For it pleased the Father that in him, that is Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. So when I was studying this passage, I was like, okay, well, what is the Apostle Paul, who is the writer here, what is he talking about? So see, folks, you can't just jump in a scripture verse or a passage and just jump right in there. Sometimes you got to go back a little bit to see what the writer's talking about. So when you back up to verse 12 and you go down all the way from 12 to 18, we picked up in verse 19, I want to give you a, a list of what Jesus is that Paul has just been talking about. Okay, that Paul's just been talking about. This is it. First of all, God has qualified us, not only qualified us, but he's pre-qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. All right, listen, 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 listen. How many of y'all, don't raise your hand, don't shake your head, don't, don't cry, ah, ouch, oh me or anything, but how many of y'all ever been broke and nobody offered you a credit card? How I many ever been broke, busted, disgusted, and discovered didn't send you that envelope that says pre-qualified? But then how many of y'all ever climbed out of the hole of debt? I need to talk to some of my Dave Ramsey folk, I guess, all right? Uh, Luke, maybe I need to talk to some Dave Ramsey folk that they got out of trouble with that, all right? Once you crawl out of the hole of debt, and you start getting your feet under you. And listen, listen, here's an amazing thing. Not only do you pay your bills on time, but then you start doubling up on some of them. Man, somehow American Express finds out about that. Every 
Visa card that you've ever banked with finds out about it. Am I talking to anybody up in here? Discover card will find out about it, and you will go out and check your mail, and you have just about every day of the week. Rick, am I telling the truth here? Come on, Miss Kim, am I telling the truth here? Every day of the week, you'll be walking up your driveway, going through those envelopes, and there will be one that says you are pre-qualified. Pre-qualified. You know what I do? I'll tear it up and say I unqualify myself. I ain't, I ain't, come on. I, I went to Belt to get something a couple of months ago, and me and that lady had a going back and forth. We had a Jesus meeting at the counter, and uh, she was determined I was going to get a Belt card, and I was determined I was not going to get a Belt card. You can go ahead and charge me your little extra 20% right now, or you want to, but I am not getting that Belt card. You know what? I got a debit card. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. When you get that thing that says you're pre-qualified, they have already checked you out. Somehow you're in the system. Here's another one. What about when you graduate college? Boy, you hit, you hit all of these servers and you get all the... Y'all look at me like, what does this got to do with something spiritual? I'm going to tell you what. Here's another. All right. You graduate college, all these companies start sending you these pre-qualified. Here's another one. Are you ready? How many of y'all got married? And the last thing on your mind, especially if you go through marriage counseling with me, we, one of the things we like to talk about is debt, especially you couples that just get married, all right, you're young, all right, and before, I, before you get stupid and, and dig yourself a hole, I try to tell you to do that. It'd be better for you to eat off a cardboard box than to go pay 55% interest on a pretty little dining room table from the furniture. I got to quit meddling with that stuff. Let me get on here. But when you get married, they start, you go out and check your mail. Mr. Mizzers, you've been pre-qualified. Here's the thing. They have already gotten your information, and they already know that you are, they, you are pre-qualified. And as soon as you send that in, they will hook you up. Well, let me tell you something. Before there was ever a day, before there was ever a time, before there was ever an earth, before there was ever any man that sinned in a garden, let me tell you something. God looked down across the eon of eternity and he looked into time and he already looked at you and he fell in love with you. He fell in love with you. I'm going to say it again. He fell in love with you. See, some folk got this predestination stuff all mixed up and they think predestination means that God looked at Josh and said, no, I don't pick him, but he looked at Charles right beside him and said, yeah, I'm going to pick him and I'm going to pick Charles's wife, but I'm not going to pick Linda either. God didn't go any, many, mighty mo like a little supreme child out on a schoolyard, y'all, but he looked out across the eons of time and he watched who would say yes and who would say no to his calling, to his beckoning, to his offer, to his invitation to come into his family. And for those who said, nope, I don't want anything to do with God, God said, you know what, I love you, I'm gonna watch over you, I'll deal with you, but you know what? To those that said, yes, God, I want to be a part of your family, forgive me of my sin, I believe in the cross, I believe what Jesus did, I believe there's power in the blood. You know what God said? God said, him and her, I'm gonna use in my kingdom to advance the story of my son in the earth. That is when God predestined you before the foundations of the world were laid. God pre-qualified you at that moment. I'm pre-qualified. 
I'm going to keep that one right there, okay? So when Jesus looks at you and he says, you're pre-qualified, I picked you before you were, come on somebody. Uh, you can even go over into the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, shared this with some of the teens yesterday in the question and answer time. Did not God say to Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Come on, I didn't just think about you. I knew you. I was intimate with you. I knew what you were gonna be thinking. I knew what you would sound like. I knew what you would look like. And God said, and I, ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Look at somebody and tell them, you're pre-qualified. Now listen, the devil wants to unqualify you or disqualify you. And he will cheat. I coached basketball, JV basketball. And I may have told y'all the story one time. We were playing the school and, and uh, I think I coached two or three years. We had never lost to this one school. And we had a game there. I, this was a Christian school I coached for, okay? It was First Baptist Christian School, First Baptist Church School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. At that time, the premier bedroom community of Charleston. And so I had a lot of little rich kids on my team, but I loved them. And uh, I, made, I made them, boy, look, I had them. They were scared when we first started. And one day, I went all McCall on them. I'm like, I, I'm, these little wimps scared. The ball would go by them, and they, they'd like hide from the ball. Getting a game drive me crazy. So you know what I did, Danny? I got all my players at the free throw line in the circle. I put them. They were like little sardines in there. And I walked up and I said, here's what we're going to do, boys. I said, this basketball, I'm going to drop it in that circle and y'all going to fight over this ball. They looked at me like deer in the headlights. First time, one or two of them got in a little scrap, and they get, but they got on the ball and the rest of them sat there and looked at it. I kept going till finally, man, when I dropped that ball and blew that whistle, they were like all little maggots in there jumping after that ball, screaming and fighting and hollering after that ball. Man, when we got through with practice that day, something had unlocked in those little rich white boys. <laughs> the mamas and daddies came and got them for practice. They had bloody noses, black eyes, busted lips. The next day, one of them, the daddy, he was a pretty big fella. He come walking up to me. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. He walked up to me. He said, Coach Hodge, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> he said, I don't know what you did, but I like it. Thank you for what you're doing with these boys. And we went, boy, we, we went our first year. I think we only won like one or two games. Second year, boy, we were wiping stuff out. We were going to the playoffs. But we had never lost to this one school. And these referees, they were, they were at halftime. If you don't know anything about coaching basketball, I'm a stats guy. I'm a numbers guy. All right? And I like to keep up with the numbers. So I would take the book, the coach's book, the scorekeeping book, and I would look at how many fouls they had called on them and how many fouls they had called on us. And they, they had called like 20 fouls on us in the first half and like three on them. Now, they were grabbing my boys. They were clothesline. This was like WWE. Y'all remember back in the day, they're like going Wahoo McDaniel when my boys are going in the drive. They just like 
catching them around the throat, knocking them down. So at halftime, I told my boys, I said, listen here, fellas. I said, here's the deal. If we go out there and those referees start that garbage again, I said, just back up a little bit. We got out there past the fade. We probably went 30 seconds into the second half. This boy about took one of my guy's heads off and the ref just turned around, went running back up the court. Uh-uh. I threw everything I had down. I ran out. I ran. I met the referee at half court in the middle of the court. And I mean, I'm all up in his grill. Was I not Kim Hodge? I'm screaming to the top of my lungs. My face is about the color of that red part on Pastor Faye's shirt. Remind y'all, I'm the coach at the Christian school. <laughs> now, I wasn't cussing. But I was, I was a spitting man. I mean, literally, y'all have gotten somebody's face and you so mad, you spitting, this spit's flying. This boy probably need windshield wipers on by the time I got through talking to him. He was so scared, he couldn't even call a tech on me. He was so scared. I think he thought I was gonna hit him. I wasn't gonna do that, but I told my boys, we're gonna stop this garbage. These guys are breaking the rules. I'm going to defend the rules. Well, another referee, the other ref comes running up there, calls a tech on me. All I know is I looked over the stands. I don't even think people were breathing up in the stands. And I looked at my poor little wife and her eyes were like this big around. And she was white as a ghost. I got a lecture later that night. But I, be, I bet you what? I bet you they started calling that game more fair the rest of the game. And I don't need to tell y'all which team come back and won. <laughs> and see, folks, let me tell you something. Why do I tell you this story? Because sometimes in your life, the enemy's trying to disqualify you and he's trying to break the rules. But let me tell you something. You've got an intercessor and you've got a high priest right here. And that's why he, it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. So guess what? When the enemy starts trying to break the rules, when he starts trying to break, when you are standing on the promises of God, somebody help me for a minute. When you are, when you are declaring over your health that Jehovah Jireh, that Jehovah Rapha is the Lord your healer, when you're declaring over your finances, come on somebody, if you are declaring El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, and Jehovah Jireh, when your children are acting crazy, your grandchildren have gone run amok, but you're standing on Proverbs 11:21, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered, and the harder you pray, the more crazy they get to acting. I'm gonna tell you right now, let the enemy try to break the laws of this book right here but I've got a faithful mediator. I've got a lawyer in heaven standing at the right hand of the judge. Hallelujah. And he will stand up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he will get right in that devil's face and he'll get spitting mad and he will say, you better stop what you're doing. You're defying my word. Somebody ought to give him a praise up in here. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. Again, all of these things are Paul has listed in a list type form in verses 12 through 18. We have redemption through his blood. Forgiveness of sins. My God, thank you. 
Jesus Christ, almighty God, thank you. He that is Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1, 3 to follow in suit with that says he is the express image of God the Father. And Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. All things are created by him, through him, and for him. In him all things consist. I love this. He is the super glue that holds everything together. Hebrews 1.13 says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Let me pause right there just a minute. Y'all know I'm a geek, right? I'm a nerd. I know I look like a jock kind of stud looking fella, but really on the inside, I'm a geek, all right? All right, I'm a nerd. I'm a ner I love science. And, and let me tell you something. Y'all understand right now that this building, according to atomics, that we are nothing but a bunch of electrons and protons and, and all of these things flying around faster than you could imagine. Maybe I need to get some of my teachers up here to help me. <laughs> Stephen said, no. Imagine this right now. Jay, imagine right now that chair you're sitting on is made out of fabric. Inside it, there's some foam and the steel, the metal that they've welded together, put it together. But imagine right now if I had the power to make the atoms with electrons and neutrons and all that stuff that's flying around that have come together to make that chair. Imagine I had the power for just your chair. Nobody else's. I didn't want to mess anybody else's. But imagine I could say to everything that's making your chair up, I could say, Stop flying around. It would literally, your chair would disappear. And you would go poop right down on your bow fanny. Y'all better hear me. Listen, even today, if you study anything about subatomic particles, protons, electrons, neutrons, all of the, 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 uh, the chart, if you study all of these elements, you can study even things that they found, quarks and things like that of the smallest elements and even things that are so small that they hypothesize that are flying at the speed of light. Listen to me here. In, in everything that they've found, they've documented, but there's still one thing they have not found. Are you ready for this? They can't understand what holds it all together. Ladies and gentlemen, may I take you to the word of God where before a man named Paul who was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who was there when everything was created, the Holy Spirit was, but Paul knew nothing about electrons, protons, neutrons, subatomic particles and all that, but he told us that Jesus is holding it all together. Folks, let me tell you something. If Jesus can hold carbon atoms together, if he can hold oxygen atoms together, then let me tell you something. He can definitely kick, take control of your life and hold everything together. Somebody give him a praise in this room. All right, we, we, we're going to finish this list. And look at somebody say it's all about Jesus. Which one are we on here? Let's see. All right. He is the head of the church. He is the firstborn from the dead. Oh, that's so good. 
See, if we read that because we've heard that and we've been in church for so long, so many years and we've heard about the resurrection, but let me tell you something. He's the firstborn from the dead. In some passages, he's referred to as the first fruits from the dead. You know why that's important that we understand that? Because when the Bible uses this terminology, if he's the firstborn, that must be there gonna be some more born after him. If he's the first fruit of the dead, then there must be some more folk coming after him that's gonna experience the same thing he did. I wonder if I got anybody who's born, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you believe the word of God under the sound of my voice. Then you know what? Listen to me. Then that same Jesus that came out of that tomb on the third day, he is the firstborn. You know what? Then you and I might be the 567th millionth born, but we're coming out just like he did. And I'm tell you right now, it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. So when he came out of that tomb, Jesus is looking over his shoulder and he's telling the Father, I got some coming out of here just like me one day. And then he is the preeminent one, which means he's the head. Everything else is under him. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? that you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Look at your neighbor, say, if you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at the Father. Tell you what, let, let me give you this quick thing. Let's talk about this thing, reconcile. Just very quickly, because it's found in two verses. How many of y'all, uh, let's go ahead and timestamp some folk. I wasn't around then, but I like listening to old 50s music. Anybody else? All right, so, you know, like Richie Valens. I used, my mama used to keep CDs, not CDs, pre-CDs, <laughs> cassette tapes. She'd keep them in her car. I'd go swipe her cassette tapes out of the old 1950s music because I loved listening. I'd put it in my car. But how many of you know, like, like those songs are kind of depressing. <laughs> Teen angel, do you hear me? Teen angel, dude's talking, he sung a song, he wrote a song about his girlfriend that got killed at a railroad crossing, and now he's sitting there with a ring and singing a song about it. I'm like, <laughs> once I finally put that together, I'm like, okay, that's more, but I don't want to listen to that one anymore. Roy Orbison, pretty woman, walking down the street, pretty woman, the kind I like to meet, pretty woman. Did anybody ever listen to the song? First time she dissed him. She broke his heart. Oh, this, this is too holy. I mean, y'all too holy? I'm sorry. <laughs> Crying over you. Crying over you. Okay, some of y'all over here on this side, y'all gonna have to go to YouTube today and just <laughs> go to History Channel, Roy Orbison, Richie Valens, okay? Why am I saying this? Okay, because see, somewhere, folks, in the plight of humanity's heart, when our heart is broken because of love, we won't kiss and make up. 
So therefore, in that day and time, those guys were writing those those uh, those guys were writing those love songs that were impacting people's emotions. But folks, let me tell you something. What Jesus did on the cross went way beyond just kissing and making up with the Father. In fact, if you look in verses 20 and 21, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to do what? Reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. We'll get there, Lord willing, later on. Having made... mm, Having made peace through his blood, through his cross, through the blood of his cross, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he, he has reconciled. Everybody just shout reconciled. Just let me give you a couple of definitions. I want you to know what Jesus did. He went way beyond just kissing and making up with us, folks. Let me give you two, two deep words. The word propitiation is actually comes from uh, four different Bible verses, and here's what it means. It means the turning away of the wrath of God as the just judgment of our sin by God's own provision of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You can look at that right there. Propitiation is the turning away of the wrath of God as the judgment of our sin by God's own provision of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God told Adam in Genesis chapter 2, if you eat of this one tree, you can do anything else in this garden you want to, bud. You can eat any other fruit. You can do whatever you want to, but you can't eat this one tree. What did Adam do? Does anybody want to have a long talk with Adam when you get to heaven besides me? (laughs) Bruh. I mean, first of all, you turn around and your wife's talking to a snake. See, I don't do snakes. Black, look, black snake, rat snake, if it's on the ground and squiggling, dead snake. I know you snake handlers, don't even look at me like that, Tim Pool. Uh-uh, Michelle, you better get your wife, bro. No. Listen to me. When Adam bit into the forbidden fruit, at that point he sinned and he transgressed against God. The curse of sin and death entered into humanity and we are born lost. Listen to me, I'm about to wrap this up. We're not just born lost, y'all. We are born as the enemy of God. That's in that verse. We're alienated and enemies of God in our own minds. In other words, let me tell you something. God loves you, but because he's a righteous judge, because of the sin that you have in your life, he hates you. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. But he would love you to remove that sin. And he would love to love you to the point to remove that sin. Jesus came because that is the only way you and I could be forgiven of our sin. Shout, he's the only way. Somebody else shout, he's the only way. So look at this word expiation. It's the removal of sin, the taking away of sin, or the atonement. In the Old Testament, blood sacrifices could only cover 
the outward side of a man, okay? So when they took that blood sacrifice and they poured it upon the mercy seat, it couldn't soak down inside, it just covered, it just hung there on top. And here we are, folks, let me tell you something, we don't need just a covering, we need something that removes it. And here, I'm about to wrap this thing up. Y'all ready? How about standing to your feet with me? I'm gonna end it right here. I'm gonna end it right here. Guys, y'all wanna come up here, praise team, let's just wrap this thing up together. And uh, in fact, I'll tell you what I wanna do, I'll tell you what I wanna do. Um, well, I had that thing somewhere right here. I want to go back. I'd like to end this. Uh, Trevor, I want to, I'd like to end this with this is our God. Could we do that? Could we do that? Y'all remember the last couple of weeks we talked about every time they sacrificed an animal, Jesus wanted them to see him. But because it was an animal, they saw the futility because it could only cover something on the outside. It couldn't get deep inside. All right, so look at this, folks. So the Old Testament could only cover. That's what the word atonement literally means, to cover, to cover, to cover. Folks, we don't need, listen, listen, there's a lot of folks still trying to make atonement for sin. You just want to cover it over and sweep it under the rug and not deal with it. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus didn't just come to cover it. Jesus took that cup with his disciples at the Last Supper, and you know what he said? He said, this is my blood. In the Gospel of Matthew, I think, chapter 26, he said, this is my blood. He said, it is the New Testament of the New Covenant. He said, it is shed for the remission of sins for many. And Jesus uses a very powerful word there in the language he was speaking of that day, ephesus. It literally means to break the power of sin. Jesus didn't come to cover it over and let you wake up when the covering was gone and deal with it until you could get it covered over again. That's why some folk keep going around and around and around this revolving door of addiction. Come on, somebody. I don't care if it's addiction to heroin, addiction to coke, or addiction to fentanyl, fentanyl, whatever, or addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography. Let me tell you something. Whatever your addictions are, whatever your revolving door of fear, of anxiety, whatever your revolving door of doubt is, whatever the enemy has been beating you down your entire life, I'm here to tell you when Jesus held up that cup, he said this will break the power of whatever has been holding you back. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you're listening to me, and Tim Hodge is persuaded that there is more sufficiency in what Jesus' blood can do than the sufficiency of the devil's work against your life. I believe today greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. If you've been struggling with inferiority, self, uh, self-worth, if you've been struggling with lust, if you've been struggling with rage, if you've been struggling with unforgiveness, if you've been struggling with offense, don't wait for me to call out whatever's on the file cabinet you're struggling with. Put this right here. There is power in the blood of Christ. He didn't come to just cover it over. He came to deal with it. See, a lot of folk right now say, man, I never heard this kind of stuff before. And that's what the devil's scared of. He wants you to think you got to keep living under an atonement. 
that it'll just cover you temporarily. And when you sin next week with the same thing, just come on back to church. Come on, we all been there, haven't we? Go back to the altar. That's why some of us that grew up in church, we got saved every week. Because we didn't really understand what Jesus had done for us. So we'd come in there and we'd say this little quick prayer and we'd go out there facing the ravages of the world and we'd fall on our face about 10 times and come back in here all blooded and beaten up spiritually, dragging in, feeling unworthy and having to crawl back to an altar like a pregnant worm. And you know what? God in his mercy would meet us there every time. But I'm here to tell you what the word of God says. Look at here. He just didn't come to be the expiation. He came to be the propitiation. And in fact, if you don't believe this, that word propitiation is found in Romans chapter 3, verse 25, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Four times it calls Jesus our propitiation. He was God's answer for judgment for sin. Oh my God, you want me to tell you what love is, folks? Here's love. In fact, the book of Romans says it like this. This is love. While we were yet sinners, Christ, he did what? He died for us. But let's wait a minute. Y'all, he didn't just die. Oh, God, help me today. God, speak through me. He didn't just die, y'all. Philippians 2 says he's been given a name that is above every other name because he was obedient to the Father. Listen, to death, comma, even the death on the cross. He didn't just die, y'all. Isaiah 53, what is it? Verse four says we, we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. God had to release the judgment that I deserved on his own son who never deserved it. But if ever a man deserved to be killed, to be tortured, to be punished, to be ripped open and ripped to shreds and nailed to a cross in his sin, it would have been me. But God's own son came as my propitiation and my expiation. He came to take my place. He came to give his life. He came to give his blood. Not just to cover me over not just to carry me over for another week or another month till I needed another fix, Miss Linda, but he came to totally break the power of sin off of my life and off of your life. I wonder if I got anybody in the room today that you would just like, to let's take just maybe five minutes and let's just come up around this altar and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being Everybody say my propitiation. Thank you for taking my place. That the judgment that God could have at any moment as a righteous judge delivered on me. Jesus said, hold on, I'll take his place. Hallelujah. Lead us in that song, Trevor. I just want to do that again. 
Hallelujah. Let's just look to him for a minute. This is our God, y'all. Hallelujah. Remember those walls that we call sin and shame. Come on. They were like prisons that we could But he came, y'all. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Remember those giants we call death and rain. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody love on him. He's got you in the this palm of his God. hand, y'all. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He pulled the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away, faith so weak that we could barely pray, but he heard Every word, every whisper. And now those altars in the wilderness tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. Come on, do you believe that tonight? Well, glory. This is our God. This is who he is. God, King Jesus, he 
bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Oh, this is our God. Come on, do you believe what this song just said? I believe it, every fiber of my being. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, we love you today. God, I pray today. I was just reminded, you know what? Maybe you're in this room and maybe you're just going through the motions. But you don't mean it in your heart or you don't know how to mean it in your heart. Or maybe you're in the room and you're like, I don't know. I, I feel this and I want this, but I don't know what I need to do. Let me remind you, Acts 16, 31, Paul and his buddy Silas spoke to a Philippian jailer and they said these words, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Just believe, believe. But what does that mean, believe on Jesus Christ? Well, I gotta believe everything about him. I gotta believe, let's just break it down about four major points. I gotta believe that he was a son of God that came through a virgin's womb. I got to believe that according to the Bible, he lived 33 pure, holy, sinless years. And at the age of 33, he was falsely accused by people that hated him, set him up. What they didn't realize is this was all part of God's plan though. And at the age of 33, they nailed him to a cross. And what they thought they were doing to shut up Jesus is they were actually sacrificing God's lamb. And his life was being given for our sacrifice, our propitiation and our expiation. And he died on that cross. He didn't go into a coma, lonely. He died, graveyard dead, dead. Soldier stuck a big old spear through his side, through his lungs, into his heart cavity. Blood and water flowed out, pericardial fluid, and all that stuff. He was dead. They put him into a tomb, y'all. Put a big old two and a half ton stone in front of it, put the seal of the Roman Empire on there. Anybody even touched that stone? They had soldiers out there standing guard. They could kill him on the spot, no questions asked. You're just dead. You're dead. So he's dead and he's in the tomb. But you got to believe this too. For weeks prior to him experiencing all this, he kept telling folks, he kept saying, they're going to arrest me. They're going to kill me. But in three days, I'm coming again. Three days, I'm coming again. He kept saying over and over again, three days, I'm coming again. So Rodney McCarter, that's exactly what they did. They put him in that tomb. And three days later, just like he said, he came again from the grave by the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, and if you will in your own mouth, Say, Holy Spirit, I believe that. And I confess Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, take me just as I am. I can't fix me. I can't even help me out anymore. But Jesus, I believe what that crazy man just said. I believe all four of those things. And I'm going to submit. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior. So come, come into my heart. 
take me just like I am and make me who and what you want me to be. I promise you, folks, if you'll have that conversation with Jesus right there from your heart, you will welcome the very king of kings to come into your life. And you may not see anything change on the outside today, but I promise you, when you walk out those doors back there, you will know without a doubt you are not the same person that walked in there about 1030 or whenever this morning. Amen. Lord, we love you and we honor you today. God, I pray you to strengthen your people. Thank you for healing and health and well-being. Thank you for freedom and liberty and deliverance. Thank you for the victory of Christ Jesus that overcomes the world. Now, I pray you to make these folks healthy and wealthy and wise. I pray you to save the lost and deliver the oppressed, heal the sick, and meet every need, I pray, according to your riches and glory. And I declare this over you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody shouted, amen. Would you give the Lord one more praise and a big thanksgiving today? If any